Chad and Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate His love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoy today's message. A few months ago, Chad's been talking about you know, which Bible to have, the favourite Bible or the Bible. Um, this is my beautiful little Bible. <laughs> This is my little favourite. There's actually no date in the front of this, but I've had it for years and years and years. And it's been circled and it's been highlighted. And I may not be able to rattle off exactly which scripture is where, but I can tell you it's like the highlighted page or the circle page or wherever. But that's my little beauty. I still have the apps on my phone for quick reference, but this is the one that gets hammered a bit. Cool. Um, As... Even Chad mentioned the first time I saw that, Rise and Shine, same thing, brought back a memory for me for, from when I was a kid. Dad would come and scream out, Rise and Shine. Mine was usually about four or five in the morning because I was on a farm. <laughs> but it got the same response. It got the mumbles. It got the, you've got to be kidding me. I am not getting up. No way known am I getting up. Then he'd usually yell it out again. Come on, rise and shine, let's go. Got the same response. And then it usually ended up that he would end up saying, hey, come on, buddy, get up, rise and shine, we're going to end up having a great day. When I finally did get up and get going, he was, my memory is that we always ended up with a great day. Always ended up with a great day. That's the memory I have of my dad. But And then years later when I was a dad... And I would go to my own kids and go, rise and shine. Yeah, same response we get. So sometimes we just don't feel like it. We had that awesome song this morning on flying uh, like an eagle. I don't know about you, but sometimes I just don't feel like it. We just get tired and weary. I know what the scriptures say. This verse, rise and shine, actually comes from... Isaiah 60 verse 1, and it goes on to say, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Yep. We leave here, and I'm probably the only one that you leave here, Monday morning, you just don't feel like it. You know what that scripture says, rise and shine, but it's Monday morning, it's Friday night, it's whatever. You are tired and weary, and it doesn't make sense. The song that was sung this morning... Um, very quick reference back to one of my notes. Most of my notes have been sung or said something has been sung or said this morning somewhere on it. Earlier in Isaiah 40, in the second part of verse 31, reads this. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Have their wings. Some other versions use rise up. As if you're on eagle's wings, the King James says they will mount up. Get the point? We'll rise up on eagle's wings, we'll run and not grow weary, we will walk and not be faint. That's what it says. (laughs) That's what it says. Just before this verse, it says this. The next one, thanks. It says, even youths grow tired and weary and young men will stumble and fall. Just before it says, you will do that, 
And you know what? I get tired and weary, and I feel like I stumble and fall, so I'm clowning myself as a young man. (laughs) So for all of you that, or or I'm a youth, so that's fine. Um, Monday morning, Friday night, tired, weary. I basically get in my car Monday mornings and I drive for work. I'm home Friday nights. I could be Kadena, Port Augusta, Cleve, Border Town, wherever. And there are times when I just feel weary and tired. In between this verse that says, even youths grow tired and weary, and just before it says, and when it says, they will soar on wings like eagles, is this verse. Hopefully. Next one, please. So directly in between those two verses where you go, you're even used to tired and weary, so they will soar on eagle, eagle's wings, is this verse. Come on, please. Next slide. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. So to go from being tired and weary to feeling like you are soaring on eagle's wings, you've got to hope in the Lord. Okay, easy? Okay. So some versions say they will wait on the Lord. The concept they're trying to get across is they will either hope, they will wait, or look eagerly for and to expect from God something. So so the key to go from being tired and weary to feeling like you're on eagle's wings is to hope or eagerly look at or eagerly look for something that God will do, the Lord will do. Okay, so what does that look, what does that line look like practically? Eh, Leave it with that, there you go, you work it out. No. (laughs) I'm going to show, I'm just going to talk this morning on four things that I use to go from feeling tired and weary to feel like I'm soaring on eagle's wings. Now, my prayer is that at least one of these things this week will help you to get there. All right, first thing I do is remember. Remember something that God has done. Most of the songs this morning were all about remembering what God did on the cross, what he did on the cross, and then we remind ourselves of the benefits from that. When we take communion, we remind ourselves and remember what Christ did for us, And then we remember everything, all the benefits that come with that. In the Old Testament, what they would do is build monuments. And when they walk past the monument, they go, remember what God did here. Remember that he parted the oceans. Remember the battle that he fought for us. The beauty about remembering something that God has done is if he did it in the past, he can do it today and he will do it into the future. So I have a personal story that of a, a time when God completely and utterly stepped into my life and it's really hard to forget. So here goes. Don't need them. <laughs> About 22 years ago, I mm, shattered my right knee. That's the easiest way to explain it. For those that want to get a little bit technical, down in your knee you've got a meniscus, which is a soft, gooey bit to stop your bones hitting one-on-one um, and rubbing on each other. The um, meniscus on this side decided it would come out, and as it came out, took the, the bo- parts of the bone off. So, yeah, lovely. Mm. Um, so, condensed it down that night, 
had surgery on it because by that stage it was swollen up. There's a lot more to this. Um, it's a big, long story. Get to the point. So it ended up with surgery on my knee. The surgery ended up being a lot, a lot more than what they expected because I'd already shattered that knee when I was 16. So they were already working with a wrecked knee anyway. So they put it all together and the best they could, basically. Short part of this is my recovery did not go well. Weeks on end, couldn't drive, couldn't get my foot off the accelerator on a brake. Um, I'm running a business, I've got three young kids and a family and a, and a house. And didn't, didn't go well, so to actually, it hurt when I straightened it, it would hurt when I bent it, so to stop it from hurting so much, I would just strap it up. We ended up going back to the surgeon and the surgeon said, well, you're going to have to wait, you're going to have to put up with it until you are 35. I was not 35 at the time, I went 35. When you turn 35, you can do a full knee replacement on it because they last 15 years. Then we can do it again at 50, 65, that's it. <laughs> oh, 65, I'm, okay. So between now and when I'm 35, what do I have to do? Put up with it. So that was um, painkillers all the time, just did not go well. And at the time we were attending a church that we were trying to figure out, might have had 20 people in it. And then we got invited to go to a rather large church in Adelaide that at the time probably had 750, 800 people in it. And we walk in the back, whatever you want to, or limp in the back, and it was like walking into a rock band, nothing like we'd ever seen before. Didn't like it. <laughs> Honestly, for those that go, I didn't like it, we didn't like it. We left at the end of the service and went, not going back. Somewhere between that morning and that night, we went, no, we need to go back. <laughs> so we went back, didn't like that night service. <sighs> and just didn't like it. So we left. But during the week, both Kay and I went, maybe we didn't like it, but there was something going on there that like, we couldn't put our finger on. So we ended up going back there the following week. <laughs> and during that weekend, the um, leader at the time, the, the pastor at the time, he had this habit of getting everybody to stand up and he'd get everybody to hold hands and put your hands across and he'd pray a corporate prayer. And I'm sitting right at the back. I am not standing up. My knee is way too sore for this. No way am I doing this. And Kay's on one side of me, good friends of ours is on another side. So I'm sitting there. He's doing his stuff. <laughs> I've, I've talked to him since and he, he says, I don't care if you can't remember what I said. <laughs> and... Um, so I'm sitting on my chair and my knee is sore. Yeah, that's normal. But usually I can just flick my knee out of the way, just flick it and move it and the pain will go away. But this time I couldn't move my knee, couldn't move my leg. I'm sitting there and then my knee got intensely painful. And even though this was 20-something years ago, it's as if it happened yesterday to me. So I'm sitting there, they're doing their stuff and I felt... The pain start at the top of my knee and slowly go down my leg. At the time, I had no idea what was happening to me at all. 
had no knowledge of this. The pain is going down my leg, cannot move anything. I'm watching, feeling the pain go out through my ankle, out through that, out through my foot, and out through my toe. You've all figured out what happened, but at the time, I had no idea. So then I could move my leg. Then I could stand up. And I put my hands out like that, and Kay and the other person said it was like I was on fire. And I still went, I don't know what just happened. Got no idea. So the following Monday, I go to work. And about mid-morning, I go to my bag and realise that the strapping that I would normally put on my knee, I haven't put on. And I haven't taken a painkiller. I thought, okay, I've, got, I've been on painkillers and strapping my knee for months. Like, this, I don't know what's just happened. So I spent the whole day seriously walking around going, okay, I can now actually bend it and it doesn't hurt. I can move it and it doesn't hurt. And it's like, okay. So it was, seriously, I left it two days before I told Kate because I had no idea what had just happened. None at all. And um, so bring the story right down, uh, shorten it right down, I ended up going back to my own doctor who was a Christian and showed him and went, look, I can do this now. And he went, okay, heard of this but never seen it before, ticked it across, healed. Went back to my, the specialist who was, we just started trying cortisone injections straight in underneath the kneecap to try to reduce the pain. So I went back to the, the uh, appointment and he touched it, looked at it and moved it and he went, oh, I don't see any reason to give you a cortisone injection. Non-Christian, right, healed across his <laughs> leg. And I went, cool. So... That was 22 years ago. I've gone past 35. Just. I've even just snuck, pa- I've even just snuck past 50 now. Just. I haven't had that operation. I have no need to have that operation. I've actually had doctors x-ray both knees and then sit me down and go, um, uh, do you realise that knee's just got bone on bone? Okay, uh-huh. How do you walk around and do stuff? Because I do. But your knee's a mess. Yep. Okay, it is. <laughs> so many, many years ago, when I was in the middle of all of that and looked like I was going to be on a walking, uh, using a walking stick for ages, I made this. So this sits, if I ever need reminding of what a time when God steps in, this sits in our hall stand. And every now and then I look... And then go, that was a time when God stepped right into my life. Absolutely right into my life. And then I just get up and I go, yep, I can do stuff. But that sits there to remind me of something God did. You may not have a story like that, but because I've now got that story, God healed in the past, God can heal today, and God can heal in the future. And because of that, I believe that God can heal anybody where they're sitting right now. Because he did it for me. Guy that walked into the back of a church, didn't like the church, left and came back again. Twice. And the point is that I've also spoken that the day that my knee was healed, I cannot remember one single word that the preacher said at all. And I've spoken to him since. He said, I don't care. Your life was changed, so that's fine. 
I know that Kay has got a completely different story about a time when God stepped into her life. And when she feels like she's tired and weary, she just remembers that time. So that's cool. So, as I said, look eagerly at what he has done in the past that he has healed. That means he can do it again today. That means he can do it in the future. So you remember something. Another thing I have is that I have an image of, of a time when God gave me an image, gave me a vision, gave me imagination, gave me whatever you want. Some of the songs that we did before and it's been mentioned, um, heavenly places, we are seated in heavy places. Use your imagination and take you there, take yourself there. Um, imagine when we're singing songs about the cross, it's now an empty cross. It is now an empty tomb. So imagine those things. So I have an image that something that God showed me when I was tired and I was weary and I was complaining and I really didn't feel like it. Personal story. Back in the days of, uh, yeah, a while ago we were helping with a church plant, young church, uh, years ago, and we were in a church, we were setting up in the morning, running two services, packing up the end of the, no- end of the Sunday. And it was in a basketball hall. So we would set up, pack up, set up, pack up, set up, pack up. And of course, the only person that was ever, ever doing it was me. <sighs> That's what it felt like, or our family. And um, so everybody else would go on, do their stuff. And so you set up, pack up, set up, pack up. And somebody walked past me one day and went, ha, huh, Jeff, if there's a uh, job in heaven... Your job is going to be setting up chairs. Oh, yeah, so there was some daggers that came out of me. You could have just stayed and helped. So I let them go, and um, I don't know, a little while later, I was packing up, cleaning up the the hall, and I'm probably the only one that ever does this, but I had a little pity party with God. I had a bit of a... Oh, I'm not the only one. Cool. I had a bit of a whinge at God. That'd be right. I'm the only one here setting up, packing up. I'm sweeping this whole floor up. And they've all gone home and everybody's gone home. They could sit here and help. And that'd be right. If there is a job in heaven as I'm sweeping it, my job would probably be setting up chairs. God gave me a vision and an image. You know what I was doing? Setting up chairs. <laughs> so I set up, so I was setting up a chair, so he pulls the image back. So as I put a chair down, chunk, chunk. Pulls the image back for me. God, then, then I see somebody sitting on the chair. Cool. Then he pulls the image back a little bit further for me. And as someone sits down, someone is sitting right at their feet. Then I look closer and the person sitting at their feet rolls their head and I recognize it as Jesus. And as blokes do, he just nodded at me and kept on going. I do not have a problem setting up a chair ever again. If that's what God wants me to do, if that's what Jesus wants me to do, to set up a chair so that somebody can sit in it, so that he can minister to them, go for it. Never complain again about it. So if I have a, ever have a problem with, that's why I go out here and that helping car park and do all that sort of stuff, fine. I do my bit, let God do his bit. Go for it. Um, what am I to Yeah, so not only do we remind ourselves of something that God has done for me in the past, but then I can remind myself of an image that God has given me. 
One other thing I do is I sing. Mm. Mm, I sing. When I'm driving in the car, I sing. It sounds so, so good in the car when you're on your own. It really does. And there is a song that rolls around in my head. It's a song that I can't get out of my head. And I mentioned it to someone this morning and they went, mm. <laughs> but it's a song I can't get out of my head. And I know it sounds so good in the car, but it may not sound that good through this microphone, but here goes. Mm-hmm. You ready for this? <laughs> my God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power and love. My God is an awesome God. There you go. I actually, the words are our God. But I sing that to myself. My God is an awesome God. My God, my God, he's an awesome God. He's an awesome God. He's an awesome God. Then I can't get the next bit to rhyme because it talks about that he reigns from heaven above. Yeah, okay, he reigns from heaven above, but he actually reigns in my heart. He reigns here with me. He's reigning in my car when I'm driving along, and I can never get that bit to rhyme. (laughs) But it doesn't matter because I start thinking that he's reigning here in me. And if he's reigning with wisdom, power, and love, which Jay touched on last week, uh, last week with one of the, there's, those three things are some of the seven things that she mentioned last week, wisdom, power, and love. Well, if he's reigning with wisdom, power, and love in my life, what does wisdom, power, and love look like in my life? And so if it's God's wisdom, God's power, God's love, as you're driving along in a car, and sometimes all I end up singing is, my God is an awesome God. My God is an awesome God. My God is an awesome God. That's all I end up singing. So it wasn't that bad. <laughs> um, you may not have that song, but find a song. Find something. Sing songs of worship. Write songs like Mal has done. Write songs that remind you of things that God has done. There's a cool story in the Bible. I was going to make sure we come back to the Bible. Paul and Silas, they have been beaten up and they have been thrown in jail. And you know what they did? They sang songs. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Good voices, bad voices, they were singing. The scriptures go on, it says, the scripture then goes on to say that their chains come off and they were set free. So singing songs or worship... And singing songs to God and reminding yourself of stuff that God has done done will set you free. Amen. Pretty straightforward. So once you've reminded yourself of something that God has done for you in the past, had an image or use your imagination, sing songs of worship to him. Last of the four is be encouraged or encouragement. Now, this can come straight from other people. We all know the scriptures where it says encourage each other daily. Um, there's one in Romans 1.12 that says that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Encourage one another. In the age that we are in now, it could be a simple text message. I have lost count of how many times someone from this church has sent me a text message 
I'll be driving along in the middle of nowhere and my phone will go off and of course I stop. No, I <laughs> I've got um, Android Auto which means I can just tap it and it speaks it out for me. So it'll be something along the lines of, hey bro, thinking about you, hope you have an awesome day. That's as simple as that with the age of technology we've got. So encourage each other daily. When we don't feel like it, we can also be encouraged straight from the Word of God. A lot of the stuff that I'm going to read out has already been sung this morning, so it's great. But how about stuff like this? We've already sung this one. We have been forgiven. So Colossians 2.13b says, God made you alive with Christ because he forgave all of your sins. Um, what about Ephesians 1, verse 3 to 9? I love this verse. This was the one that's been circled and circled and circled in here. I'm not going to read it out there because it's too small. Because this shows us that we are blessed, we were chosen, and we are blameless and in sight. It is all past tense. It has already been done for you. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. He chose you beforehand for that. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. His pleasure and will says, now says you are a son of God. He has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us, with all of God's wisdom and understanding. Just meditate on that one for a while. That's what God says over each one of us. Remember, that is all past tense, already been done for you. Sit there and just accept it. Remind yourself of the cross. It was all done for you. How about 1 John 3, 1? How great is the love the Father has lavished on us. Again, that we should be called children of God, sons of God. And that is what we are. Because God has lavished his love on us, we now get to be called a child of God. How about 2 Corinthians 5, 17? When we know that we are a child of God... We are a brand new creation. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Because of that, because of the fact that we are a brand new creation, that new creation is that we are a child of God. I mentioned it before. Ephesians 1, 3 shows that we're seated in heavenly places. That was mentioned before. Seated in heavenly places. Use your imagination. And imagine what that is like to be seated in heavenly places with Jesus. Because that's where we are. Oh, how about Romans 8, 37? In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Because Christ loves you, you are more than a conqueror. So whatever comes up, you are more than a conqueror. Um, one more for you. Ephesians 2.10 in the King James Version. We are God's workmanship. That was even mentioned this morning. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus 
to do good works. There are just some, some of the scriptures that you can read about what God has said over you and just be encouraged with you. Be encouraged yourself. So when we start to think about what God when we start to think about how God sees us, when we lift our thoughts to his, his thoughts, when we remember what he has done for us, when we think about an image that he has given us, when we sing songs or lyrics, when we get encouragement from others or from God, we will be able to see that we can rise. So when you, when you feel like you are tired and weary, just rise. And then we will soar on wings like eagles. We will run and not grow weary. We will walk and not be faint. I pray that, or I hope that at least one of those things will help you this week when you do feel a little bit tired and weary to feel like you can soar like an eagle. I hope you've enjoyed today's message. Remember to check us out at baysidechurch.org.au. And of course, if you're ever in the area, please pop in and say good day.